hands. You'll hear phrases like marriage and divorce and covenant off and on. Biblically, these things are all connected. I'm going to explain that to you. Before I do, having mentioned this spirit, let me assure you that the focus of this day is not on this spirit or any other spirit. Our focus will remain on the Lord. You will hear us renounce sins associated with this spirit and decree that its influence is broken off of us, but our focus will remain on the Lord. First, why do we mention a link to Baal? Through a series of events last November, I was led to do a biblical study of this spirit. Through this, I became convinced that this principality worshiped as a false god or idol in many scripture references is the strong man or ruling spirit over America. Why do I believe this? Because as I study the scriptures, both the characteristics of this spirit and the fruit that it produces when in control brought me to this conclusion. This has now been confirmed to us in many, many ways. Those characteristics and fruit of Baal are violence and death. Baal was a spirit that promoted violence and even required human sacrifice. Let me say to you without question, the murder, the violence, the abortion issue, Molech was under Baal. School shootings, suicides, the death culture in general, euthanasia, the golf culture. All of these are under the influence of the spirit of Baal. Even the cutting that has emerged in our day is under the rule of this spirit. The prophets of Baal cut themselves to get Baal's attention and try to get him to act on their behalf. This is the spirit behind sexual perversion, homosexuality, sex outside of marriage, incest, pornography, all are influences of Baal. Objects, sexual immorality, sex, uh, exaggerated sexual models were associated with Baal. Orgies were associated with Baal at the temple of Baal. Cult prostitution was associated with Baal. This spirit is behind the sexual revolution that began in 1967 in America. This is the spirit behind covenant breaking. I need to explain this one just a little more because it will have a bearing on the explanation of why God chose this date. Satan and his kingdom always try to counterfeit God's attributes and usurp his place. So it should come as no surprise that this spirit chose a name, Baal, that has two of its literal meanings, marriage and husband. And also this spirit claimed the title Baal Bareth, which means the Lord of Covenant. We, like Israel in scripture, are supposed to be in covenant with God. He calls himself our husband and uses the symbolism of marriage to describe our covenant relationship with him. When he calls himself our husband, it is actually the Hebrew word Baal. This word was not just used of this spirit or idol. It was actually a generic term that referred to Lord or master or husband. But Baal attempts to draw people out of covenant or their marriage, if you will, with God and into covenant or a marriage relationship with him. He does this either through literal worship as occurred in scripture or else through sinful acts that empower and give place to him, even when these things are done in ignorance. Through this name he there, that he chose, he therefore 
reveals that He is the Spirit behind covenant breaking with God. He is the Spirit behind the breaking of other God-ordained and sanctioned relationships. Listen to me. This is the Spirit behind divorce. This is the Spirit behind generational breaches. It is no accident that, that at 1967, when this Spirit came into rule in America, that the generation gap came on the scene. This is the spirit behind racial strife, disloyalty, betrayal, dishonoring of authority, and especially unfaithfulness to God is the, is the fruit of Baal. What is the significance of the seven, 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 oh seven? This is not just a witty way to remember this event. God didn't just choose this so we'd all remember that it's seven, seven, seven. In scripture, numbers have much symbolism. And the number seven, more than any other, represents covenant. The words oath and swear, used for swearing and oath of covenant in Scripture, actually come from the number seven and mean literally to seven oneself. This was because they repeated the oath of covenant seven times. Or sometimes they would offer seven sacrifices in a covenant ceremony. Even in weddings, the vows were often repeated seven times. Often when Israel was covenanting with God, the number seven would appear in that passage. By choosing 777 for this event, and God absolutely gave Lou this date for the call before he even realized any of the symbolism. God was choosing a day that in his incredible way represents covenant and marriage. Now, how do these two this concept of Baal and seven merge. As I studied the biblical accounts of Baal, oftentimes when God was disciplining Israel of their Baal worship, breaking it off of them, or breaking their association, their covenant with Baal, and drawing them back to himself, or even when overthrowing Baal worship in a generic way, God would put the number seven in a passage. Seven years of punishment for their worship of Baal. Or seven sacrifices would be offered when they recovenanted with God. They would offer a seven-year-old bowl. Or they had to pray seven times. Seven days around Jericho. Seven priests. Seven trumpets. Seven times on the seventh day. All of these things showing us that these things refer to marriage and covenant with God. God was saying to Israel, your worship of Baal has brought you into covenant with him. Now you must seven yourself back to me covenantally. I want to be your husband. Divorce Baal, break off your affair with him and renew your vows, your covenant with me. By choosing this date, God is saying to us for America and to America as he did several times to Israel, I am offering you the opportunity to sever your connection, your covenant with Baal. You can divorce him, if you will, and remarry or re renew your covenant with me. He's not talking, we are not saying this personally. We know that we are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ. We know that we are the bride of Christ. He is saying this to us for a nation. We are standing in the gap right now for a nation as we do this. And God is saying, if you will do this, I will break the power and fruit of this spirit off of you and the curse that he brings. And I will pour out my spirit and my favor on you again. 
Will you file for divorce? I say to you, and the Lord has authorized me to say this to you today. This is a courtroom today. Court is in session in the ancient of days, has taken his seat, and he is presiding over this event. For the next hour, hour and a half, you are going to hear statements of repentance as we come before the judge of the universe, and we acknowledge our sin, and we petition him as the judge of heaven to grant us a divorce from this spirit and move us as a nation back into covenant with God. This is our Mount Carmel where Elijah dealt with the prophets of Baal and broke Israel's covenant off of, with Baal, off of them, and renewed covenant with God. I say to you, this is our Mount Carmel. One of the verses God has given us is Jeremiah 51, 44. I will punish Baal and make what he has swallowed come out of his mouth. We believe that in this divorce settlement today, God will make Baal spit out or give back to us the children. We have petitioned for custody of the children. He will give back our homes and our marriages, our purity and fidelity, our health, our love of life and not a death culture. He is going to give back our government, our schools, our minds and our bodies. I say to you, this is the day that divorce occurs for America against the spirit of battle. Well, the scriptures say to honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment of the promise. So in the spring of 1967, the cultural winds were blowing through Northern California. And as a teenager growing up in a nearby mountain resort town, I was drawn into the cultural happenings to the portal that was opened up in San Francisco. And I went there and found a philosophy found places of false worship at the Fillmore Auditorium, Longshoreman's Hall, got a vision of a different kind of life in the Haight-Ashbury and a hope for a political order in Berkeley. And so we were part of the rebellion against our parents that opened this nation to the flood of pollution and degradation. I'm here today to repent for myself and on behalf of so many in my generation who opened up the floodgates to this ungodly pollution that has filled our land. In 1967, I was a 16-year-old high school student in San Francisco. The Summer of Love started with a large festival in Mount Tamil Heights. It was a high place overlooking San Francisco, 
It was a Woodstock precursor, and so many of us gathered, drawn by some unseen force. I stood on Hate Street selling oracles, the flower children newspaper that trumpeted the counterculture movement. I worshiped with incense and ingested the message of the music and the poets at Golden Gate Park Human Beings. It was just a few blocks from my home. Just down the street, the psychedelic Fillmore Auditorium opened up for six nights a week with continual incense of sound, light, and freeform dance. And it became a portal for this new enlightenment. My friends and I purchased the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band record on the date of its release, and then we had a party with the finest, at a home with the finest stereo equipment because we were worshiping the cutting edge sounds and philosophy of the era. We were the flower children. We thought we were spreading love and peace, but we were deceived. These values became the seeds that grew into the spiritual and cultural sewage of today. Like so many others in my generation, I became a victim of the false promises of our culture. And in 1967, in an, in an apartment by Hate Street, I tried drugs for the first time. And in 1967, a generation in values gap grew between me and my parents. And on July 7, 1967, exactly 40 years ago, my innocence and my purity were sacrificed on the altar of the deception of this counterfeit love. When Lou told me it was July 7th, 07, that we were going to have this gathering and repent of the summer of love. And I realized that was the night of the loss of my virginity. I realized that I needed to stand in the gap for all that was lost. You see, I was sucked in to this sexual deception that so many of you young people are still being sucked into. And today we are closing the door. Today you go free. I only share my testimony so you will be free. Free from the prison and the shame so that you can be a mighty young army of warriors. So you can go out clean and circumcised with the reproach rolled away. We stand today and repent so that you can go free. Would you stand? Um, my sister Anne has made herself vulnerable 40 years to the date. She lost her virginity. But I think a whole generation lost their virginity. You stretch out your hands and say, we forgive you. Forgive us 40 years. Go ahead and begin to release 
forgiveness and mercy to Anne and to Charles and our generation. Go ahead and lift your voices. Go ahead and lift your voices. Begin to release forgiveness. Now, I want us all to get on our faces. And I want to ask God, forgive us. Forgive us for losing our virginity as a nation. Not just individuals, but a whole nation. We lost something. All of us together, we bow before the Lord.
stand on the brink of a new revolution. 40 years ago, there was a sexual revolution that shaped history. We see the results of that today. I believe today stands on the brink where history can be changed, where history can be cleansed and rewritten for the generations that are coming beneath us. We can shape things today. That's the seriousness of this event. Hosea 2, chapter 2 says, bring charges against your mother. Bring charges. For I'm not her husband. She is not my wife. Remove your harlotries from your sight and your adulteries from between your breasts. Revelation 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 20 says, I've seen your good works. Jesus is speaking to the church. I've seen how great the things you are, how great the things are that you do. And the last works, they're even better than the first things. But I have this against you. Do you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and leads my people, leads my bond servants, my children into sexual immorality? Earlier he says that you have forgotten your first love. We stand in the fruit of that today. And we look around as the bride is the church. We look at scriptures that in the last days, perilous times will come. And we use that as an excuse to do nothing. We don't want to make waves. We have lost our voice as the church in America because of hypocrisy. Because we have been in bed with, with immorality and sexual immoral things. We have played the harlot against our lover, our king. Pornography is the fastest growing addiction among men in North America. 51% of pastors say that looking at internet pornography is their biggest temptation. 53% of men who went to a Promise Keepers event looked at pornography the week before. 64% of Christian leaders confirm they are struggling with sexual addiction or sexual compulsion, including, but not limited to, the use of pornography, compulsive masturbation, and other secret sexual activity. 34% of church-going women said they've intentionally visited a pornographic website. One out of three visitors to pornographic websites are women. 60% of adults believe it's okay to live together, but 50% of born-again Christians think it's okay to shack up. Pornography, pornographic movie rentals, they increase at hotels more than any other time when Christian conferences come into town. This is why we've lost our voice. This is why we haven't shaped a nation. Pornography is a $57 billion a year industry. To put it in perspective, the revenue from internet pornography is double that of all music downloads. That's every genre combined. Since we're in a football stadium, let's break it down this way. Pornographic revenues is more than the NFL, NBA, and the MLB combined. It's more than NBC, CBS, Fox, and ABC combined. 70% of 18 to 24 year old men visit pornographic websites in a typical month. 70% of women involved in pornography are survivors of incest and child abuse. Nine out of 10 kids, that's 90%. Nine out of 10 kids ages eight to 16 have viewed pornography online. Most of them accidentally while doing homework. Parents, 
I'm telling you right now, get your computers out of your kids' rooms. It's not that you're trying to infringe on their freedom, but you're their parents, you're their guardians, you are the shepherds of your house. And you need to keep this filled out. Husbands, men, it's time you stand up and be men. It's not worth your soul, it's not worth your family. That is somebody's daughter. 11 years old is the average age of first pornographic exposure. There are over 100,000 websites that offer illegal child pornography. One of the largest child pornography busts happened in our own backyard here in Nashville. The guy's screen name was Son of God. Over 26 people were being arrested. It's even swept into Europe. It's a big ring. Thousands of people were logging on to this streaming chat room, watching children be molested. The youngest was 18 months old. An estimated 325,000 U.S. children, age 17 or younger, are prostitutes, performers in pornographic videos, or have otherwise fallen victim to commercial sexual exploitation. One out of six boys and one out of three girls are molested before they turn 18. The human papillomavirus, better known as HPV, this one chaps my hide because there's a commercial about it. The only way you get HPV is if you're sleeping around. HPV is responsible for 99.7% of all cervical cancers. It kills 5,000 women each year. 46% of teenage girls get HPV after their first sexual encounter. 46%. At least one in four Americans will contract a sexually transmitted infection in their life. One out of every two sexually active young people will get an STD before they turn 25. The Bible says in Numbers 16, 28, that he stood between the dead and the living so that the plague was stopped. There's a pornographic plague in our nation, and there needs to be a people to arise and take a stand and say, not in my house, not in my life, not in my church, not in my city, and not in my nation. It stops right here. There is freedom for you. You don't have to be in bondage to this. Don't carry the weight of this around. If we will walk in the light, if we'll expose our hearts before the Lord, Say, God, rid my heart. Cleanse me, Lord, so that we can see you, the pure in heart. Those are the ones that see God. Let's lift our voices just for a moment. God, we cry out for the children that are being exploited in this nation, God. Lord, we cry out for you to be their savior, God, for you to be their deliverer, for you to be their king. Lord, move in justice in this nation. Stop this plague. Bring down internet pornography. Bring down the dig into the wall and when I dug into the wall there was a door 
And he said, go in and see the things that are doing there. So I went in and I saw every sort of abominable beast and idols of the house of Israel portrayed on the walls. What he just read was statistics is 40 years out from my precious sister who lost her virginity 40 years ago. It's only escalating and it's got to stop now through repentance in the church. If my people were humble themselves and pray, if God were to go crawl and dig a hole into the wall of your mind, what fantasies would he find written there in your walls? I'm not stars starting here pointing the finger at you. I myself have struggled flipping the television, wanting to see images. Now I can't watch it, but that unholy curiosity, it's still a spirit of pornography. And pastors and leaders are leading the way. Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the room of his own idols? I was in Nashville and I had a dream that I was in Churchill's house. I believe Nashville is the church on a hill. It's the church, it's the buckle of the Bible. And in the dream, Churchill's house was being run over by foreign armies. And they ran over Churchill's house. And I was in the house and the seductress appeared. And she showed me three photographs of ministers that she was about ready to expose and destroy their ministries. Said a man, do you see what the elders are doing in the dark room? It's where fantasies are produced into photos. And what is done in secret 10 years later is revealed and exposed before the whole nation. Joel 2, let the priests weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spirit, I people of God, we are calling right now pastors and youth pastors from all over the nation to make your way out of your seats even if you're not involved in pornography, to come and stand and, and kneel before God and begin to ask forgiveness. Because it's coming through us to a whole generation. Come, pastors and leaders, it's time to weep between the porch and the altar. It's time to cleanse the dark rooms of our imaginations. It's time for young men and women to begin to deal with their computers. Now it's coming into your cell phones. What are you going to do? Tear down the altars of Baal. It's not enough to shout today. We're going to tear down the altars of Baal. Spread out all along that way. Make room. Make all hang. All the way down, guys. All the way down. I need help down here. Make sure that you leave away. Spread out all the way. Into the grass, into the grass. The twin sins of the altars of Baal. 
or sexual immorality and abortion. Brothers, I want you to begin to pray for deliverance in your own life. We can't go on. I want you to pray for your other brothers and sisters, fellow pastors and leaders, that God would begin a deliverance today that would shake the whole church.
the Spirit of the Lord say, it's not enough for you to say you won't do it anymore. God wants to bring mass deliverance in this place today. I hear God say mass deliverance in this place today. So we speak against this enemy of the purity of the children of God and we break your back according to the authority of the blood of Jesus.
people. We can't go here unchanged. But really, the fear of the Lord comes up if we go here unchanged. You're going to find your dead and your Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego band.
It's a serious hour. The presence of the Lord is here and he's bearing down on this issue. This is the issue that the Holy Spirit is highlighting. And it begins right here. And it begins right with me. Revival begins with me. Revival begins with you. So all over this stadium, we want to ask, this is an hour of no more games. This is an hour where it stops and we come into the light. I want to ask every man and woman, young and old, every age across this place, if you have been destroyed in your battle and you have been defeated by the power of the spirit that is held in pornography, if this has had a foothold and a stronghold in your life, and you want to declare open war on it today, I'm going to ask all of this stadium that you would raise your hands to the Lord. All over the, all over the stadium, pornography has destroyed and is destroying your life and your ability to connect with God. It's destroying the dream of God and the calling of God in your life. I want you to raise your hands to heaven and look to heaven right now. And I want you to cry out. I want you to say, God, I ask you to forgive me. Release the blood of Jesus over my eyes. God, cleanse my eyes. Shut these gates, God. And open my eyes.
representing God. We put a bullseye on our chest today and for the rest of our days here on earth. And we say, God, give me the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of God. I want you to repeat after me. Everybody in the stadium, I want you to say, Father of glory.
to Jesus. Lift your hands to the God of glory. Father, we fix our eyes on you. We place our heart in yours, oh Lord. I just want you to lift your hands to him and just begin to tell him you surrender. You surrender your will to the Father.
against you, you only have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight. Oh, God, I repent. I repent for myself and all abortions all over. God, we have sacrificed innocent, innocent lives at altars of Baal and Moloch. Thank you. 